Uh, record breakers in three, two, one. Buenos nachos, amigo. Oh, <laughs> Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Jazz and Popular Music 101. I am pure Professor P.D. Rave. Uh, why don't we have uh, attendance? Uh, Brett? Present. I brought my pencil. Uh, Drew? Here. Uh, Patrick? Here. Warren? <laughs> Warren? Oh, there you are. Warren, what, what, what did... What do we? What do we? T- what do we tell you about invading other people's personal space? Come on, you gotta know a little bit better than that. All right, he's, he, I, you can't block him. He's yeah, unblockable. Can't block him. He's unblockable. Uh, of course, we're here for 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 class. Uh, presenting uh, uh, some music for us for the class today. Uh, Brett, Brett, what do you have for for the classroom uh, today? Well, we're gonna watch an episode of Barney. No, uh, I brought Barney Kessel's uh, where the album from uh, mid '50s, uh, where he asked the question uh, to swing or not to swing, comma, volume three. Yes, volume three. Uh, Patrick, what were your expectations coming into this album? Um, I figured there'd be some uh, exploration of swinging and possibly also not swinging. Uh, beyond that, very, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I am, uh, I am not what one would call a jazz head. I am a person who occasionally enjoys the genre. Uh, so I figured, you know, Brett said it was a jazz record and, uh, trigger warning be, being Brett, it, it might be guitar centric. Yes. Yes. Uh, Drew, what were your expectations coming into this album? Well, uh, Brett said it was something I believe he said his mother listened to a lot. No, no, it's not something. Or my mother before listened. his mother. Yes, it was. It's That's, as old as my it. mother is. Okay. As old as you. Correct. I knew it was something about your mother, um, and not the usual terrible jokes we make about each other's mothers. No, no. something actually about his mother. Um, so I knew it was going to be something that maybe I hadn't heard before. Um. So I was prepared for that, prepared for maybe a different um, sound as far as the tone and fidelity of the record went. But he also gave us hints that it was uh, jazzy. And by the title of it, I was guessing it was going to be some swing jazz played in there. Don't know why I would think something like that. Maybe we'll go into it. (laughs) We'll see. Well, you never know. Uh, Brett. How would you describe this album musically? What would be the themes elements uh, that make up this record? Well, for one, it's it's kind of a hodgepodge. Um, as the name says, it doesn't follow one style of music all the way through. Um, Barney's pretty well known for his work with other guitarists, um, like Herb Ellis. This isn't one of those albums. This is one where he's 
he, he he's also known for doing a lot of work with standards, which is the form of jazz I tend to uh, stick to. I, I really like when people take a song that's been played before and play it again, but do it differently. Um, this, this is an album that was kind of before his peak in popularity, but he'd already worked in a, in a couple, um, I mean, he'd been a professional musician since he was 14, but this was before he peaked in his popularity. Um, and definitely before his like evenings with Barney TV show specials. Um, uh, there's a, a, a thing with the tone of this, this, the, his playing that, that you can sort of attribute to his equipment. Um, he mainly played uh, a Gibson ES350 with a Charlie Christian pickup um, that, that had a very, very uh, weird low tone to it. Um, it, it, was, it was very fat sounding for um, an electric guitar of that time where a lot of people were playing other kind of like L5s and L4s that sounded a little differently. Um, this is very much a, I mean, if you can find an old Charlie Christian recording that is of any fidelity you can listen to you can see some similarities i've been told but that's like listening to a wax cylinder so it, it it's not very the, the fidelity is not there for me to to really uh, understand but uh there's a lot of with, with the guitar playing there's a there's like a uh there's some very very neat uh sweep picking um some some neat inversions some 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 really nifty chord based melodies harmonies with woodwinds and pianos there's there's a lot of things going on here that will break down when we get into songs uh patrick what was your what were the themes and elements that caught your attention so uh jazz guitar for me i feel like it's so very removed from rock and pop guitar that i'm more familiar with um and as a hack guitar player i find it incredibly impressive because it it, it makes sense to me, except that it makes no sense to me. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on all the time. Um, this isn't really my corner of jazz music. I really like more uh, like fusiony, progressive, rocky jazz because it just again, it's easier for me to wrap my rock and pop brain around because the guitar sort of fits into that more. But like you can hear so much of his playing. You can hear what the roots of rock and roll would become with guitar like it's basically you know this is from the era before really people had wrapped their head around distortion like this is about the same time rocket 88 happened where you know somebody dropped a dropped an amp and cracked the speaker and made gritty sounds so like you're you're hearing the roots of a lot of music that followed it um but but again like for me it's it's a little it's a little bit foreign, I guess, in the same way that like, like, cause I don't, I can't like when I, even me being a terrible, terrible instrumentalist, uh, I can usually tell what a guitar is doing. And with jazz guitar, it, 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 it's like a different style than I'm, than I really know how to wrap my head around, but it's interesting to listen to. And this is, it's very like smoky jazz club jazz is the way I would describe it. It's very straightforward. There's no, there's no real, like, nothing's really that crazy, but it's kind of impressive in, in how clean and sort of exact it is. Not as heroiny. Yeah, there's, there's no, uh, having this thing of codeine liquid on top of your piano and every now and then you just sort of lean your elbow and bang onto it. 
Yes. Like your name's Thelonious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 very it's very like jazz played correctly. I think would be the way I I describe it. Like like cleanly, perfectly. Not not that it's without feeling, but like just done really really well without a whole lot of slop and crazy that happened to jazz later in you know later in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely interesting na- na- no take. Uh, Drew, what would be the themes elements that caught your attention? Well, as Patrick sort of alluded to, um, jazz is something that's very complex from the start, uh, just by its nature usually, especially when you get into instrumental jazz. There's a lot of depth to it. Um, it's very, I heard it, I believe... Oh, I forget who described it, but it's it's music for musicians, not music for people. There are plenty of people who aren't musicians that enjoy jazz, but for the most part, it's a bunch of musicians sitting around talking about how great the music is and what like depth there is. And yeah, certain genres that to me is yeah, cool. Definitely. It's it's people people that listen to jazz, um, especially nowadays, are people who care a lot about music and a lot about like nuances and stuff like that. So there's a lot of depth and a lot of complexity to a lot of jazz. I say that in the beginning because that's most of jazz. What I like about this record is how it works um, within simplicity. Um, there's a lot of depth to it and a lot of like cool moving parts, but it's never overwhelming. It's ne- You get the stereotype of jazz being like freeform jazz or whatever, and this is not that. Um, no, this is not a horn going, hilly, 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 hilly. Yeah. but there's, there's a bass, there's a bass guitar like, going, doom, ba doom, 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 through, right. through like, the whole uh, thing. It's, it's kind of like uh, not, it is bullshit aren't. free jazz. Right. No, so, it, so it is, they're playing old songs. Yeah, it's yep. kind of like how this comic is, books aren't necessarily kicks and jazz. Yeah. It's, it's the fun side, I think. Um, And that to me is cool. It's, there's a simple like one song and it'll be like a simple drum beat, simple bass like, and a lot of crazy guitar. And the next song it'll be like, oh, this song is this muted trumpet will be playing off of this guitar and it'll bounce back and forth, but it won't be overwhelming. Um, and that's I think is something that is a lot more accessible. Yeah. Plus, yeah. again, to Patrick's point, this music is played so cleanly and so well. Um, this is a time where it wasn't overdub after overdub after overdub and to get this type of precision is awesome he's a studio musician he's a studio guitar player if you are a studio musician you were brought in because you can play a part you can play the part exactly perfectly well in the least amount of time possible because you are paid to save them money so they don't have to pay for extra hours of studio time trying to get it right with somebody else that's why you are there. Physical like tape. he, exactly. It is. It is the you. You're paying for this musician because he can come in and he can nail it. And Barney Castle worked as a studio musician for some time, um, and that's just awesome. The guitar licks were just clean and emblematic of that background. They were just very, very well put. It's there's this groove to the whole thing um, that develops that sounds effortless and it's awesome. Um, 
there's a couple of different hints here and there. Um, and I'll get into it in a bit. Um, but the drum and bass, for the most part, just fell to the background as rhythm sections in this type of music sometimes do when it's very guitar and horn oriented jazz. Um, but they worked in as a bass player. Now, sometimes you just gotta let the other guys work. Yeah. It's a very danceable, fun record. It's if to me, my thought was, I wish there was restaurants around here in Ohio that had like house bands that were playing this type of music. Cause I would, I would go as much as I could possibly afford because yeah. it's just something that like, is at once fun and groovy and danceable, but also at times relaxing and just super chill. So yeah, well, yeah, it's like those. It it, it has those uh, and multiple things because it does jump around genres. Like it mm-hmm. like it swings and it doesn't swing. It swings and it's then it uh, then it does blues. Then it does you know like you can look at it in just in the title tracks. There's a swing. There's blues. There's rag. You know, there's rag time uh there's there's it jumps around with different actual jazz genres uh it shows you cool like a little bit of diversity which is cool uh and you can see it in the different songs brett what would be some of the key tracks for for you um pretty i mean there's there's a ton of things that you can pick apart on anything because it's a genre that doesn't get talked a lot about with people my age i mean the there, it, it harkens back to like some of the things that that made me enjoy old Looney Tunes episodes when they would play the the current variety of popular music. And one of the songs that really gave me that uh, that like uh, old Tex Avery or uh, you know a nice sweet uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon um, was Wall Street. Um, the interplay between the the woodwind and the guitar voice, which sort of hang out in the same like range like the guitar player and the and and woodwinds tend to you can play the same range of frequencies um and when they're going together harmonizing um or just going note for note together dead on um is great but then you get some like hot trumpet over the over the top of it um the bass line like i I didn't look up how the production of this went i don't know i i i doubt that this was a multi-track record I'm pretty sure they just recorded this in the in a room. Um, I just the way that it was played um, in the by other musicians. I, I think this was a creaky old wooden floored room that they recorded out of, but I'm not sure. But um, that definitely gives you that feel. Um, there's other songs on here. There, there there's a there's a, the favorite version of a song that I sang in my third grade program. Um, the song uh, Indiana or back home again in um uh it has everything that i love about a jazz standard um this is like a song that is like a folk song almost um and they it got turned into a really rousing jazz standard uh um by many people but this is by far one of my favorite everybody in the band had a chance to do what they do um there's a very great round robin type of uh toe tapper as i as i would say um and i like the 12th street rag um it it, it's a great display of musicianship um the guitar work is great um 
it, it's almost tripping over itself with some licks. Um, there's some some neat sweet picking, um, and uh, along with that, the the band hits on every beat. It's it's a really good way to close out a very hodgepodge of an album. Um, you know, there's fantastic piano work, even though it's it's there's not much of it. Um, it, it they're for having as many instruments and good uh, musicians. They they all hit and then they don't hit at all the right times. Mm-hmm. Uh Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Um, I really, really dug Happy Feeling. Uh, it's just it's really driven by a super muted trumpet sound. Uh, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, I used to be a trumpet player, and I played a little tiny bit of jazz trumpet poorly, and so it it always it always made it hearing it done well makes me wonder. Well, what if I stuck with it? Um, maybe I could have done things like this. Probably not, but it's also just. It's a really happy song. It's called Happy Feeling, but like it's really happy and peppy and fun and uh, and and not music should be fun. Sometimes I like fun music as much as I like sad, miserable emo kid music. And then uh, Wall Street, which I felt like uh, really good jazz. If you've got especially if you're like this and you have, you know, four or five really really talented musicians in the group having a song like this where you kind of pass the baton between instruments the horns get a bit the guitar gets a bit the piano gets a bit and they kind of pass it back pass it back and forth throughout the song you really get to hear them play together and also play on their own and it really showcases just how ridiculously talented these people are and then roll back and do the record breakers thing uh begin the blues is just nice and uh, jazz guitar and jazz piano together, like in this this era of it, is a really really great sound because I think un- before like before distortion really became a thing, uh, guitar often sounded like a a weird piano. Uh, it was used very similarly, lots and lots of, but but like playing a, a piano with a single hand single note sort of thing. And it really, really works out where you're you're having the two play together in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what will be some of the key tracks for you? Well, uh, I'm going to do the record breaker thing in the correct order. Um, Begin the Blues uh, begins with a little bit of everything, um, including the blues, oddly enough, as the name might imply. Um, great controlled uh, guitar work, uh, the like sort of pick that got into it was really cool. Um, great, just fun uh, rhythm to it. Like I said, starts out with a dancey sort of thing, which I think is really fun. Um, Molten Swing. There are songs that make me wish I would have kept track of where my horn is. Um, and this is one of them. Um, just the that muted trumpet um, and the smooth piano. Just the the juxtaposed sounds in jazz are sometimes some of my favorites, and that's why I love Molten Swing. Also, made me kind of wish that Sky used more muted trumpet because I think it's just a neat sound to play off of. I know usually Ska is more boisterous, but 
the muted trumpet adds, I think, something kind of fun. Um, and then going back to blues, um, the bluesier side of this record, uh, contemporary blues, uh, the bass beginning, like, bounce back and forth sort of play, I think it's great. And then it goes into, like, a just really solid, fun walking bass line to me. It's not outlandish. It's not super out there, but it's something as a bass player when, like, there's a solid walking bass line that's sort of not pushed to the forefront, but sort of pushed right behind the forefront. It makes me stand up and take notice. Um, and as a bass player, I sometimes, I can definitely respect somebody who can rock the walk for sure. That's, it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of those really great talents. Yeah, the horns is just shine really well, and that that guitar is just just anything. But yeah, the horns more. Yeah, I agree. More muted trumpet in 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 uh, ska would be a really cool, fun. Like it would experience. be so fun. Just and it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be your streetlights and less than Jake's of the world. Like. Todd Hambrook, if he's listening, which he is not, like Deals Gone Bad could use a muted trumpet. I was gonna Give say that would shot. that would fit in Deals of of, of like it would ska bands. It would, it would fit, fit there. Westbound train, yeah, Westbound like, Train could get away with it. There was go, a little back go in with the a plunger mute, but not maybe like, maybe I'm go not. with a plunger mute to start. It's kind of the wah wah thing, or or straight. <laughs> Avoid the cut mute. I think that will ruin it. Straight mute, I think, will get you what you want. Yeah, metal straight mute because fuck a cardboard one. (laughs) What self-respecting musician uses? Uh, Me, me. Like I just remember everyone else in sixth grade band had cardboard ones, and I had this ancient metal one, and it sounded so good. That's sixth grade. I was gonna say you said you used cardboard, and I was going to no, say no. I, 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 I have. I, I owned a couple of cardboard ones, and then I just used my metal one instead. The only problem with the metal one is it was convertible from a straight mute to a to like a a cup straight mute, and the cup would fall off sometimes, which was really inconvenient. Yeah. Because it was like forty years old, like my trumpet, yeah. which was awesome. <laughs> And it's still in my closet in my parents' house. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that being said, uh, Patrick, what would be, let's bring it back around the horn for some uh, conclusive thoughts. Uh, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? If you're the sort of person like me who listens to lots of different music, and and I like sometimes I consider myself a student of music and I want to hear everything, even if I don't like it all. This is like a thing you should try. You, you, you might not love it, and that's okay. But it is, it's very foundational in a lot of what followed it. And if you're the sort of person who will, who will bother to listen to it, you can hear little elements of stuff that came after. Uh, jazz isn't the easiest genre for, for young people. And I, I'll be honest, it isn't always easy for me. Especially but I feel like... Especially because it's not just one genre. There's so much to explore in yeah. history. Jazz is as wide as rock and roll. Like, yeah. jazz is as wide as rock and roll, if not more so. Actually, technically not, but yeah. <laughs> but in terms of scope, it, it goes everywhere. Technically, this rock and roll is, is actually a, a limited genre. But, but that's that's not here. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, jazz as opposed to all rock-related genres. Yeah. They're, they're, they're similar in size and scope. Yeah. 
but this is this is a I, what I assume is on most lists as a classic jazz record, like something that that if you want to hear what was going on in the 1950s, this is really really well recorded. It's exceptionally well executed. Um, it, it is not. It's 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 reasonably approachable if you're okay with instrumental music. You, you'll tap your toe. You'll you'll do the jazz snappy finger thing, um, and if you close your eyes, you do feel like you're in a jazz club. Like everything's in black and white. It's smoky and it sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Um. This is not something I would ever suggest to everyone, but I would ex- suggest everyone give it a taste. Um, but that's true of most jazz, whether it's crazy fusion stuff from Jocko or whether it's swingy crooner stuff. Like, it's something I'm a fan of. I'm always going to be a fan of chilling out and just like, even if I don't know the artist's name or if I don't follow which is song comes from where I'm always willing to like kick back and listen to a little jazz. This is a great study in it. There is really great. Like a lot of when you get this sort of era in music, what I always tend to find is it's either recorded and kept in great shape or not so much. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and this, I think, was the, this style of music and Barney Kessel in general was kept in obviously very high regard. He'd been making music up until uh, he passed. And it's it's just solid. Like, it's something that you need to hear to see if you'd like it. If you don't like it, sure. But I think there's something there for most everybody. Even my father, who hates jazz, I'm pretty sure he could find some stuff to to dig on in this. So it's something that, while, as I said in the open, jazz is not very approachable by a lot of people, I think this can be. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a it's a record to listen to. There's a there's a reason why, uh, other than the fact that I love dumb bits. Uh, there's a reason why I did the dumb bit at the beginning with the jazz and popular music 101, uh, yep. because this is a great, a great cross section of really, uh, really good samples of uh, several different genres, uh, several different sounds uh, within the umbrella that is jazz. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it gives you a lot of really good exploration and and a lot of really good really good feels <laughs> uh both stuff that you that is meant for you to sit down and listen to on your headphones and stuff that you're you can get up and tap your toes to uh you know of different this is before it got well i don't know if before i don't remember like was this before it got heroiny no 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 the heroin was, like, was always around well yeah yeah nope but like it was, was the 60s was super heroin, like people super dying, choking on their own vomit, kind of heroin jazz. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. This was before slightly, I got that. This was but. contemporary. So, speaking of speaking of heroin users and jazz, there should be a time when I bring Jocko in, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Soft Florida, I almost dude. bought Thelonious, but I, I thought that would be a <laughs> little too far out. Get that soft Florida connection. 
uh, which is awesome. Jocko Pastorius. Uh, God, fucking Jocko dying too soon, man. Yeah. Well, fucking God damn it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true race player. I mean, I love Jocko. Jocko's fantastic. Like, I can't. I can't stand up for somebody who died because of drugs. Like I can't. Like it's. It's not in me to do that. Right. Like I'm not gonna sit here and defend drug use. Like you. You done fucked yourself up, kid. Like you. You played you. Like that's on yeah. your life. But like fucking man. The, the selfish basis in me is like, damn it, we could have had so much cool shit. The, mens- the, the, shit. the mind the mind of an extremely creative individual plus yeah. addiction plus can bipolar. be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, addiction is a motherfucker. We were lucky to get we were lucky to get Clapton out of cocaine. Yeah. I can't. You're never not an addict. You never stop being an addict. You just yep. stop you being just... in. Uh, which is hard. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Barney Kessel. We're talking about a wonderful, wonderful guitarist. This week on Junkie Breakers. <laughs> which uh, doesn't count this week because Barney Kessel was a stand-up chap. Uh, yeah, as far as like I know. It. Uh, but yeah, bro, Brett. I mean, are we wrong, Brett? Brett was, <laughs> like he was about right. to say we were wrong. <laughs> no. We, we don't know. Brett, what, what would be your He lives to be thoughts? 80 years old, so, I mean, yeah, he... It all worked out. Uh, he never OD'd. Yeah, never OD'd. He managed well. Uh, no, no, no we, we don't know him. Uh, Brett. Go ahead and, and say, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Well, I mean, the, this is not indicative of the in, entire genre of jazz. This is, uh, you know, about ten years before the last jazz album I brought. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's got some things to it that are of the time. Um, it's it's very post-war jazz. Um, there's still a room full of dudes making making noise. Um, it's it's past the band leader era of of the of the 40s um it's it's the band is not big um it's got just enough instruments to 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 fill the the sound and you can get a choice few musicians to get along with each other along enough to make an album um this is definitely just a scatter shot which is basically um, two sessions it's like yeah um <laughs> This is a, a, a scatter shot of musicians who worked for a living. These guys were, you know, they're. They, they, this was at a time when this was pop music. Um, you know, this this was. You had you had classical music and you had popular music, and uh, this this was popular music. This along with other music genres that were coming up, and this is white man jazz. Um, <laughs> let's not forget. Um, this this is. Blue this yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about that sometime later, but uh, but no, this is this is definitely something that uh, it you don't have to be into. Um, most people don't get jazz because they didn't listen to it ever, and uh, they've just listened to things that are derivative of. Um, you know, it really shows that you can take a blues song and put it in a suit and make it a jazz song. Um, just you know, play some octave slides and throw. A, a, a woodwind of some kind in there um, that's not playing minor pentatonic. Um, but uh, 
you know, there, there's there's some fun things going on here, but it's not the be all end all. Um, this is just a slice of a kind of a style that a guy played at a time in his life. So if you want to see more, um, get on YouTube, look up Barney Kessel's videos when he is a, a grumpy old cuss playing with other grumpy old cusses. Um, he does one of the best versions of Sheik of Araby I've ever heard. Um, you know, there, there was some Spock's old box theme. The, uh, According to Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, on the uh, there, there are some things that uh, you know when musicians pivot, they pivot. Um, television specials on from the seventies that make me smile. Uh, you know, look at the clothes they're wearing. That's yes. that's entertainment enough. But yeah, uh, you don't have to like it, but you you ought to at least be familiar with it. I mean, there, Jesus, there's some things that I had to be familiar with because of this show. So. Yeah. Take your medicine like me. <laughs> Take your medicine. Uh, I'd show up for class. Uh, yeah. So, those are our thoughts on Barney Castle. Go and check it out. Uh, now we get to our main event of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. Uh, we will try to sum it all up in uh, poetic form. Uh, I'll start with, I'll switch things up. I'll start with Drew. Drew, what is your haiku? It don't mean a thing if you do not have that swing. Wait, got the wrong guy. <laughs> Although uh, there's the other half of the album. <laughs> right. Exactly. But that uh, was the funny joke I could make. And I funny made it, so. joke. Uh, uh, I'm going to do mine. Uh, sit on down for a... Oh, wait. Uh, sit on down for a little lesson in good jazz. It makes you feel good. Good pivot. I forgot. I added a fora. I ended with a fora, and I started the other one with a fora. I just realized that. Hey, <laughs> Black Sabbath can rhyme masses with masses. You can. You can use. It's the all same. fair game now. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to look to quickly do things. All right. Uh. Patrick, what is your haiku? Guitar-centric jazz, soundtrack of a smoky club, swing delivers. Uh, And last but not least, Brett, what is your haiku? Some sweet, sweet music, maybe not for everyone, the joy of the jazz. Uh, And of course, (laughs) from alone. That concludes our thoughts on Barney Kessel's to swing or not to swing. Uh, you can decide. That is the your question. Answer. That is the question. You Whether can decide the answer. Whether nobler in the mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you can decide on your answer on your own by listening to spot our Spotify playlist. Record Breaker is the home game. It will be there. You can follow along with us at home. Listen to some tunes. Uh, see where our thoughts match and contrast and do all that fun stuff uh, on that Spotify playlist will of course be our next week's album provided by none other than Drew Drew what do you got for us next week well there was a man who played keyboards for a band that I loved when I was a kid uh, called Together Kids his name was James Dewey's you might also have heard him in bands like Coalesce uh, bands like Newfound Glory uh, he's a touring piano player or touring keyboardist for My Chemical Romance um, but we're not talking about any of those bands. 
his solo project, I think, is pretty interesting and deserves a little listen. It's very different if you know him from the Get Up Kids or uh, if you've seen him play with My Chemical Romance. Very different. Yeah. Um, but it's a band I very much enjoy. It's a uh, Reggie and the Full Effect. He put it together as a side project for the Get Up Kids and their album from a uh, 2005 songs not to get married to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look forward to talking about that next week. But that is next week, and this is this week. And of course, you can find us all over the internet. Patrick is at Swagger. Brett is at Hibbity Bird H I B B I T Y B I B B A R D. Drew is at X for X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at Four Record Breakers. That's the number four Record Breakers. Record Breakers Podcast.com. Record Breakers Podcast at gmail.com. You want to email us? Rebellion.net for this and other shows. Rebelli TV for on YouTube, Twitch. You know, subscribe to the things. Check out the things. Like, share, tweet. Do it all. Until next time. Hasta los huevos. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> chica, chica. Back home again in Indiana to the place I used to love.